please don't take a 10-minute introduction for me. I'm so sorry he said that. I said that sounded very disrespectful. So, yes, I said it with all the kindness. He's, he, he gets up here and the preach gets on him. You've seen it. Yeah, you have. Well, I'm glad you're here today. So good to see our friends, Basil and Ann Basil. Uh, I was going to put a wrong last name, Howard Brown. I'm so glad you're here today. Our traveling ministry friends, um, we're grateful for their lives. Mackenzie's getting some great footage. Um, we use those the photographs that she does for our church um, Instagram and promotion. Well, welcome. Let's get started, shall we? I want to pray over us as we um, jump into God's Word. Uh, there are some things, listen, I, I guarantee you, they're bigger than you. They're bigger than me. I called John. I was at a conference this week, and so I was out of town for a few days, and um, so I had some time to in the hotel room to prepare and do some things, and I called John on Friday night, and I said, this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I said, it's, it's really getting big, this whole topic, and um, I was just looking for something. I said, and then there's, here's another thing I said, there's something missing, and so John said, well, you know, we're just going to pray. We're going to believe, and that's going to, it's all going to come together before Sunday morning, and here I stand. Um, yes, it has come together, and so I'm so excited to share the word with you today, so let's pray. Father, we just ask your fresh anointing on us in the house today. I pray that every ear would be anointed to hear maybe a word that I don't even say, that your spirit speaks directly to someone online, someone in the room today. So we're just so grateful for the spirit of God that gives utterance. Lord, I just thank you for that today. I pray that um, you're living active, energizing, powerful word would just go forth into the hearts of hearers today. And may it continue beyond we even see today in, in our setting, Lord. I, I just pray that throughout the week, the seed of the word would bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, um, you know, I, I just want to say this to you. Th this, there's been a lot going on at the church, right? And then some of you, you've been connecting with each other, a lot going on with um, just different things. And, um, you know, we might call them the attacks of the enemy. I'm not giving the devil any credit for some things that, that because God's going to redeem. He's going to turn some things around. You just hang on. Um, so there's just been some things, you know, that have been going on. That's life, though. Can we just, do we know that? Ups and downs, ups and downs. We, we live in a fallen world. And so the good news is there are answers for everything hang on to him and declare his word through those things when we get through on the other side the redemption package looks so amazing it's better it's better to allow him to redeem some things think about it jesus you know he's on the cross and it looked like his disciples were even like oh no everything that we thought was going to come to pass and here it is our leader he's he's on the cross there was a resurrection coming and that turned everything around. It was better than if Jesus had never died on the cross. Do you see that? And so um, hang in there for your redemption. I want to let you know this too. Sometimes people will say, Gwen, there just must be so much heaviness with uh, pastoring the church and all. No. No, no. You listen to me. You're not a burden to us. We love you. It is a pleasure when you call us and we can pray with you over the phone. 
It is a pleasure for us to be your pastors in this season post-pandemic. I don't think we're post. I'm not saying it's post yet. But during the pandemic, it is a pleasure to walk with you and to be your pastors. When you experience the highs and lows in your life, I can think of nothing that brings us greater joy than to be able to uh, pray over you, to speak the word of God into your life. And that's what I want to do today. Um, so I want you to look at, at Romans with me. Would you look at Romans 1? I want to look at Romans 1, verse 16. Paul um, wrote the book of Romans at a time that he was in prison. I'll give you a little context. Listen, the word of God is always within our context. We're not looking at a history book. It is always in within context, and it... it um, it is up to date for you and what you're facing. So we're about to see that here in Scripture. Um, so Paul is writing to the Romans, and it's just seven years before great persecution begins to take place among the Romans. And it is a center of, uh, throughout the world, it's known as the, the leading economic power, the, lead, the leading government structure. Does that apply? to the United States of America, Paul is going to say something here in a minute that is for you and I today as American citizens. And so um, he's speaking to them. He's, he, he writes several things. If it's been a while since you read the book of Romans, dive in. It's just so up to date. So Paul speaks to them, and I want to read this in Romans 1, verse 16. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel the preach coming on, and it's just almost hard to not just, I don't know. Dance around, jump around. I got to get the word to you. So here we go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for who? Who? Who believes? Everyone who believes for the Jew first and also the Greek. So what I want you to look at here, Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is, you could translate that good news. John has, has started us on a series. Have you ever done three-on-three in volleyball where someone at the back, they, they serve it up? Brianna served it up last week. You need to go back and hear that if you didn't, if you weren't here for that service. So she served it up. I'm, I'm in the middle, and I'm doing the set, right? And then John is going to come up from, from, he'll be at the front line next week, and he is going to spike it on over. As we talk about the authority of the believer, it's too encompassing. Let me tell you, there, we may have to revisit this again, the whole series, in another six months. It may go longer than what we even expected because the Lord has some things to say to us on this. When Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, I want you to think about that, that word salvation. Salvation comes after repentance, at repentance, right, which is a change of mind heart and direction not just saying the sinner's prayer but it's a change of mind mindset change of heart change of direction he says i'm not ashamed of it well why would he say that why would he say that to a group of people that in a few years he might have not not have known how long but we can see by the leading of the holy spirit through the book of romans that god prepared a people for a time of persecution coming and so he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news. I need that. That applies to us, guys. Listen, when there is pressure in the world, you see, the enemy cannot trip you up. It's up to you whether you yield to temptation. 
So there, but there are going to be pressures. And even as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus, there is going to be pressure in our world. Let's just receive that. But here's the thing. God knew exactly when to place you in the earth, when you needed to be born. It is by divine appointment that you are living in this time period. And so with that, when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the good news, what would that mean? Because there'll be pressure on you and I as we talk about the authority of the believer. The enemy may say something to you like, you, you can't think about that during a time of COVID. You can't talk about healing. He'll try to shame you. And say, don't you tell it? You, you can't talk about that. That is a, It's not within our context right now. Or he may try to shut you down where another area of your victory is concerned. You don't need to be prospering in a time when people all over the world are doing without. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the good news, of the answer. Here's the thing. Yes, there are people being persecuted across the earth you are living in the united states and don't feel guilty about it don't feel guilty about it brooke brought in a video to me um and we were watching it robbie dawkins didn't know who he was and so she introduced me to robbie dawkins and so we're looking at this i'm talking about a spirit-filled guy over in afghanistan today i mean he just decided to i'm gonna go on over there how many of us are we i'll go to afghanistan they're shooting up the Christians, I'm going. Well, that's Robbie Dawkins. So we looked at this video and we're watching that. And I looked at her and she looked at me and he was just full of energy. You were built for this season. You were built, you're supposed to be here at this time in history. So we looked at Robbie Dawkins' video and at the end of that we said, let's give. We processed a payment right there, give it. Give it. We're going to give to Robbie Dawkins. He's got the word of the Lord on the ground in Afghanistan. What can you do because you're an American? You may have resources. And God, if you're open, you see, God doesn't speak to us in areas that we close him off. Lord, don't talk to me about that habit. I don't want to. And he won't. He's so, he's so gentle. He's so gentle. And so he, he won't talk to us about things that we won't listen to him about. But there will be doors that open for you where you hear about tragedy. And what does that mean for you and I as Americans? Meet the need. Meet the need. Now, Brooke and I didn't have 200000 to send him yet. But we had some cash that we, we sent it right over. And what, what's going to happen then? We're us and some other Americans that are, that are charging alongside him. Who knows what could take place? As, as change comes. So don't be ashamed of the fact that you are American. Don't be ashamed of the fact there may be days here in the United States. Um, I just want to just give a little background. Um, you know, Israel was established. God said to Abraham, the nation of Israel was established after God said to him, I will make of you a great nation. So God established Israel. The United States was established by a group of people from England who said, we will worship God in freedom. We will worship him in freedom. We will build a land. 
it's not in our history books, and I'm sorry. They're, they're taking that out. But listen to me. This nation was established by a group of people that wanted to worship him, wanted to give back to him out of free will, out of free offering, giving their lives to him. There's so much that our, our founding fathers um, put on the line. Their lives were on the line to establish this nation. We're living in the fruits of that, you know? Don't feel guilty because this nation has been blessed. There's a reason for it. God wants to work in and through you. You see, he speaks to individuals. He speaks to you, and that's a lot of the times what we're thinking of when we're hearing the word preached, and we want to do that. And then he speaks to groups. He speaks to family units. He speaks to groups of people, Christian business owners. He'll speak to a business owner about a direction. And then he speaks to nations. God will talk to nation leaders if they're open and and available to hear his voice. So think about that as we're looking at the world around us and all of the the different things that are happening in in the political realm, in our day-to-day, in-day-out, as we walk through a pandemic, God has an answer. And what he wants you to do is to share the good news. And if you feel guilty because you're healthy or you feel guilty because your home life is in order, the enemy will beat you up all day long saying, look, you shouldn't even be praying about your, your little need about rent being paid when those people are dying over there. That's a lie. That is a lie. He's bigger than that. He can take care of your need. He loves you. He loves you, rich American. You hear me? He loves you. He wants you to be a blessing to the earth, but he loves you. Remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus, and before Jesus even addresses anything with him, the Bible says the Lord looked at him and loved him. So you don't rate yourself and say, just because I haven't had COVID, well, I don't have anything I should be praying about. I should just be glad that that I haven't had COVID yet or whatever. The enemy will beat you up day and night if you don't recognize that voice. It is okay for you to be well and whole and strong. Why? You have something to give. You have the good news to share. And and, and listen, listen, on the other side of it, if something does come your way, oh, Miss Queen, you're not gonna you're not gonna speak doubt and unbelief, are you? I'm gonna speak reality. If something does happen, you know, we are not in heaven yet. But what did I say in, in the earlier front? The fact that there is redemption for whatever you're going through, if we'll trust him to see a victory in our mind's eye, then we'll see that happen in the natural world around us. I love you. You you don't live in guilt a day of your life. It just makes me mad at the devil to think he gets away with that stuff. So we have answers. Let's keep going, shall we? I want to go on to, um, where was I here? The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress truth in unrighteousness. Let's move on. So we're living by faith, and that's how we are in right standing with God. Um, y'all are going to, I know, flip the screen to the next verse while I'm talking. But John just finished a whole series on who we are in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as you stay in him. Well, I don't have that scripture uh, moving forward. Um, Let me see if I can. We might be having some issues back at the back, and so I've got my uh, ready word here. And my, my papers are blowing, so let's go here, shall we? 
All right. The wrath of God is being revealed. I read that part. Where was I going to go from there? No, I think I'm good. That's probably why they didn't have any more. That's all I wanted to share. Let's move on. Uh, Thank you for for your patience back there. You guys do a great job in the sound booth. So we're talking about the keys to the kingdom, and I want to read next in Matthew 16, and I want to set this up a bit. Matthew 16, we're going to look at verse 13. You know, the, one of the things that, that, that is just amazing about the nature and character of God is that he's so mighty, and yet he chooses to operate within the parameters of our earth scene and what's happening here in the world. He chooses to operate. See, he could appear to us today in all his glory, and our faces would be in the carpet. You might say, well, not me, Gwen. He's my best friend. He's my daddy. Well, even John, with the revelation that we see John got in the book of Revelation in the Bible, He was just on the ground, and he had experienced Jesus, walked with Jesus. He had, uh, he was there on the day of Pentecost, and yet he was, you know, just in awe of the glory of God. That's why we'll need to have our, our bodies renewed and have a new body so that we can stand in the glory of God when we're actually with him one day. But um, he's so amazing and powerful. But do you remember when Jesus was baptized and um, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove? He could have descended as an elephant because elephants are huge. Have you ever been at the zoo right close to an elephant? That's funny to think about, isn't it? But Because that would be rather awkward, not nearly as precious as a dove. But this big, he could have decided, I'm powerful. I'm going to reveal my power. He didn't do that. He, he could have revealed himself as one of, you know, like a peacock because of all the beauty, gorgeous beauty. God's amazing. His glory is amazing. He could have done that. But he descended in a bodily form as a dove, very gentle, very gentle, and all its beauty, just very gentle. You see, God has all power, but he chooses to work within the confines of the system that's in operation here in the earth with us. He has set some things in place. John's going to be talking a lot about that, and we're going to get started with a couple of things today. You see, God's will is not automatic in the earth. So we often like to hear, we like to say the phrase, God, you're all powerful. That's great because as Christians, we can say, we can declare in his life, I give you all authority in my life. Jesus, you are my Lord. We can, we can say those things. So I understand the heart. But if we as Christians think he has all power, then there's some things that are not going to make sense to us. Starving children, horrible atrocities happening across the earth, if he's in control. You see, he has put certain things within our control. And so there, God is not going to do everything that he has planned without you and I. You see, we are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head of the church. But you don't ever see, I don't ever see you out and about without, you know, with your head floating around without a body. Nothing gets done without you ha- your head and your body being connected. As crazy as that sounds. You are the body of Christ, and he has chosen in the church age, in this dispensation that we're in, that he will operate in tandem with us. So we've got to know. We've got to renew our mind and understand what has God called us to as the church? What has he called you to? What does this mean to you personally? Well, if you're a business owner, God needs anointed businessmen and women in this area. If you are an educator... We need men and women that are teaching in the school system. 
by relationship that are making a difference and marking those students for the year that they're with them. You see, there's so much that's at stake here. What's our part? Jesus said, um, when he gave his disciples an example of how to pray, he said, pray this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Jesus wouldn't have said that if his will was automatic in the earth. If God's will is automatic, why pray that? God's will is not automatic in the earth. So that's, that's where the rub can often be. We're looking around, we're thinking, well, if God is good, then why that? If God is good, then why this? His kingdom is not in full operation unless there are men and women who stand in place and bring his kingdom to the earth. Jesus said, pray it. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what does it look like in heaven? No sickness, no bills, bills paid. What does it look like in heaven? Needs met? Jesus is the one that said this. He's the one that said we should pray this, we should declare it. His kingdom in the earth. And so we want to think about some kingdom keys by looking at Matthew 16, 13 tonight. Can, Can we look there? All right, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Jesus reiterates that. He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Would you read that with me? It's like the fourth line from the bottom. Ready? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Again, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, these words are in red, and Jesus said that to them, and he's saying that to you today. And so let's unpack this a little bit. Who do you, who do you say that Jesus is? It matters who you say he is because that can vary from day to day. You ever woke up and maybe you just felt mean, felt a little ornery, felt a little ornery? Maybe you live with someone. They just wake up in the morning a little ornery. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute, too. But, but you know, maybe, maybe that's the thing. You know, you're thinking, well, um, exactly what's my place in all this? You and I have to understand that he has given us the keys to the kingdom. And what are those keys? One of the keys that Jesus mentions here to Peter, he wasn't saying, Peter, you're the key. Some have gotten off on that and feel that the, the church of Jesus Christ is built on Peter. Peter's awesome, but that's not what... Jesus is saying here, he's saying on this rock, and what he means is on the rock of that revelation that that Peter is saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That revelation is what the church, the power of the church is founded on. And that's what your power as a Christian, as a believer is built on. Who do you say that Jesus is? So it could vary from day to day based on your feelings, but it shouldn't vary if you're a word person, what do, what do faith people do when, when tough times come? What they have been doing? 
what they have been doing. What, what do people do? What do Christians do? People that have been, I'm talking about people that live and abide in the word. When, when times get tough, it doesn't look any different for them. They stay in the word. They don't talk any different. They say the same thing. Consistency. He has given us keys, and one of those keys to the kingdom, the key to the kingdom that he's mentioning here is the revelation of who Jesus is in your situation and circumstance, whatever that need might be. Some days you need him to be your healer. Every day, really, here's, here's a good thing about healing. If you're not feeling sick today, this is the best day for you to declare healing scriptures over your body. Because what happens is faith is born. Faith stirs up. And then let's say a few days from now, you've been feasting on the word on healing. There's certain things that you want to always just kind of keep going in your, your prayer time and in your scripture time. Prayer time and scripture go together. Pray the word. We learned that last week. Pray the word. So with, with that, if, if you're under the weather, you want to have some faith already built. And here's what will happen in that case. You may wake up feeling a little bit sneezy little scratchy throat, if you'll declare the word that you have been saying, you'll be sick maybe till noon, or you might have a few symptoms. You're going to kick the devil out, declare who his word says he is as the healer, and move on. Here's what eventually happens. You get sick less and less. It's called divine health. You get sick less and less. Here's what happens when you declare his word when all your bills are paid. You get abundance. It grows, it grows. You see, the word is a seed. And when we declare it in our lives, no matter the situation, because that's what faith people do. That's what Christians do. They live and declare the word. They don't get up and say, do, do I need to spend some time with the Lord in prayer today? If we're there, we're a little bit behind, okay? I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you today. Get in the Word every day. It could be three verses. It could be a couple of these that you're just going to, uh, you know, that you hear today and you're going to take them with you and meditate on throughout the week. So who do you say that Jesus is? Another thing we see here is that Jesus says, um, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That, by and large, across the church, people don't believe that. So even if you've heard this scripture before, you think, yeah, oh no, we've got to have the revelation of what that means to us. The reality that when we declare his word, he's already said, heaven will back you. Now, I can't say that heaven will back you if you're griping and complaining in the middle of your prayer. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You see that husband of mine. Oh, Jesus. You see that boss of mine. You see, I can't, he's not going to back you. Get on to the word. You know, I, I can understand a little bit unpacking some of your stuff with him. But then get on to make some difference, to make a difference in what um, is happening in your life. That's what the word is for. It brings change. And so the key to the kingdom here that Jesus is talking about is that you will be able to bring change in the situation that you're in. You have the keys. You have the keys to the kingdom. He was talking to his disciples across the board, and you and I are part of that. So what is in our control? Well, one thing that I want to let you know that is in your control when we're talking about keys to the kingdom, you know, where, where does my part start and where does God's part end? Because, you know, again, a lot of times people are putting way too much on God because he gave us authority. He gave us authority. You're going to hear some great stuff coming up. He has given you authority. He's given you the keys to the kingdom. 
And so with that, we have to be well-versed in the fact as far as what, what we have power over. John's going to be sharing some amazing things that I'm not going to get into, but you see, one reason why the American church is probably not acting in the authority that we see in some other countries where uh, missionary acquaintance, we're, we don't, we've never met him, but we are made aware of him years ago through a, a mutual ministry friend. His name is David Hogan, and he lives in Mexico. And he has seen to date, that, I don't know how old this article was, but to date, 400 people have been raised from the dead in Mexico. The guy's alive and well. That ministry's going on. You see, you're not going to hear that on the news. But God is doing things whether you see it or whether I see it. Now, in the American church, there is a, something going on. It may be under the, the root system, under cover right now, but there are some people that have been believing God for things for this nation and believing God for building faith to make an impact in the world during our generation, during the time we're here. And so with that, God has a listening ear, and he is definitely on the move. Now, with, with the authority of a believer, if we don't know what our authority is, you know, I, that's the starting point. We have to know that God has placed certain things in our authority and not keeping, not continuing to dictate to him what he has dictated to us. So we often want to say, Lord, a blanket statement. Lord, your will be done in this situation. Jesus prayed that, prayed that one time. He, when he came across a blind man, he didn't say, Lord, your will be done. He knew the Father had given a covenant, an Old Testament covenant to healing. And so oftentimes as Christians will pray, pray, Lord, your will be done. The only time you really need to pray that is when you're praying about something off in the future because you might not see the future. He might give you a vision of the future. Don't discount that. That could happen about what your next step is. But oftentimes people will blanket statement and feel really great. But what they've done is they've, delegated to God what he delegated to them. Instead of getting into the word and finding out, Lord, what do you say about my finances? What do you say? What do I need to declare? He has given you authority in your life. Now, he has not given you authority over the person sitting next to you. He's not given you authority over um, your adult children. Now, your, your younger children, you know, you have authority um, be anointed to spank their bottoms and say, yes, you will. And so all that's great. He's given you authority. While they're young, there's that protection and authority, right? But you don't have authority over other people. It pays to know that because oftentimes when we pray or we talk to people and then things don't change, then we get irritated maybe with God, you know, and maybe with ourselves. Or we wouldn't say that out loud. I'm mad at God. But we get mad and upset at the situation because something didn't change. Where you and God are concerned, there are two people involved, you and him. So there are certain things that you can get victory all by yourself. Your healing. Now, you might not be able to get victory over someone else's healing situation. Here's where we can't judge. We don't know what they're dealing with. We don't know. Maybe they're not even open. There's the gift of healing. If you're operating the gift of healing... God will heal that other person because of your faith. That's amazing. But sometimes we pray for people and they don't get well. Don't put your, situ your, your, your place in a position you don't belong. You're not the healer. It's okay. 
You just do it again. You can do that next time when you see them. You can pray over them. Sometimes they'll get healed. Sometimes they won't. Hear me, but God's always the healer. Healing always comes. Can I qualify that? In Romans 10, it talks about, um, about how we confess our sins. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us for, from all unrighteousness. That's Romans 8. I got on the wrong verse. But in Romans 10, it, it talks about the word. I've got to go there. Sorry, guys, I didn't give you all this one. Can you give me Romans 10? We're going to go down there a little bit. I just feel like I need to take a little sidebar. Um, isn't the word good? Isn't he, isn't he good to give us enlightenment? Okay, so in Romans 10... I didn't give them a verse. Sorry, guys. I'll find, uh, I'll find it here. <laughs> All right. So, Scripture tells us that he is faithful and just to hear us. And if we confess with our mouth, that's what it says here. I just can't find it. This is not my daily Bible. I got it out of John's uh, office. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we do have to confess our sins. If we declare with our mouths, Romans 10 tells us, if we declare with our mouths and believe in our hearts, that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we shall be saved. You got it for me? First John. First John. One nine. First John one nine. So we do have to definitely speak out our mouths. Listen, if that's the principle of salvation, the most important thing, speaking it out of our mouths and believing in our hearts for it to be established, that same thing works as a principle throughout our Christian life. If we confess with our mouths, what do we confess? His word on that situation. If we will take his word and confess it out our mouth, we'll declare his word in our situation. Then change takes place. In the example of salvation, our hearts are redeemed. We're restored. In the, in the case of when you sin, if you'll confess your sins before him, Lord, I did this. Now listen. What too many Christians are waiting for is they're, wait, they're, they're going to feel guilty a good long while. They're waiting and they're thinking, oh, no, no. When? When you confess your sins, as soon as you do, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins. Not after you felt bad for a while. Guilt, shame, condemnation. No, no. You, you operate in faith and you say, thank you, Lord. And the devil will be saying, oh, no, no. You hadn't felt bad long enough. That's not in Scripture. So you just move on and say, I, I'm, I'm completely sin-free. I declared my sin. I'm completely sin-free. I'm walking renewed. You see, Galatians puts it like this. Um, Ephesians 2.22 says this. Put off the old man and put on the new man. In, in our Texas vernacular, you might have heard maybe someone say, you know, I don't want to be a put-on. I don't want to be a fake or a phony. Well, when we're talking about putting on Christ, you want to put on. 
And so here's the, here's the good thing about that. What do you have control of? Well, John's going to be talking about our, our authority, but I want to tell you what you have control over right now today before he begins to unpack some of those things. You have control over you. You have control over your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul. You have control over that. Sometimes there will be thoughts that fly through your head, and, and you have to just take those and decide where'd that come from. And you decide whether you're going to throw it out or whether you're going to keep it based on does it agree with God's word or does it not. Depending on the circumstances and the, the context that you're in, you know, at work, those types of places where maybe you don't have a Christian setting where you work, then there's going to be a lot of things that come your way that you're going to have to say, oh, no, that doesn't line up with the word. No, that doesn't, that's not who God says I am. You don't have to say it to them. Who do you have control over? Not them. You have control over you. So you have control over your mind, your thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's very important that you understand as we get into the authority of the believer, you have control over what you think. You see, if we're looking for um, manifestations of his spirit in our lives, that when we lay hands on the sick, they recover. That when we speak life over a situation, when someone comes to us and we declare, Lord, I speak life in this situation. I pray that you would bring resolution for those things to come to pass, for us to be operating. Did you know you are supposed to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit in your life? Not, not in the church. You should be praying in tongues and receiving the interpretation for the things you pray at home. We, re, we pray in the Spirit at the house. It should not be awkward or strange if you hear someone in a Spirit-filled setting down the road from you praying in tongues. Because they're doing that at home too. Your biggest power push is in your private time with the Lord. You know, a few years ago, the Lord spoke something to my heart and he said, Gwen, I am most honored by you and your life for me when you're praying at the house. And I thought, oh, you mean preaching at the church? Praying, praying at the house when, you're, when nobody sees you. See up here, everybody sees me and look, she got a new shirt or whatever. And so there's a level of stuff there. But when I'm at the house, nobody sees it is truly, it's, it's truly who I am before him. And then I can stand up before you with a little level of confidence if I've done that. Listen, you are as strong in the Lord as your prayer life is. The book of John tells us, um, if you abide in me, this is Jesus again speaking. See, we do want to operate in the things of God. We do want him to use our lives. Some of you, it's been too long since you've thought about that. He wants you to walk into situations and circumstances and the power of God fill the room. You might say, well, Gwen, that hasn't ever happened before. I'm going to give you some keys that can open those things up for you. Here's one of them. Jesus said in John 14, 12 through 14, he said, Greater things than this shall you do because I go to my Father. And what he meant by that, he was talking to the disciples and he said, you're going to do greater things. Well, what did he do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the devil. And so he's given you the keys to those very things. Jesus was our example of a spirit-filled man. Oftentimes people would, you know, his disciples Jesus, uh, we see that Peter declared, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus would often say to those around him, I'm the son of man. 
He didn't call himself on all occasions the, the son of God. He was the son of God, and we see that he laid down his divinity and became a man. So the things that he did here on the earth, he didn't do as, as God's, God's son. Do you hear me on that? He did that as the son of man. Why is that important to you and me? If you don't think about that when you're reading the New Testament, you'll say, wow, Jesus did some stuff, and here, here's what will follow on the inside that I could never do. And then we won't be the end-time church that God is calling us to be, making a difference in the world around us. You see, let me just say this too. When you go into the workplace, and I just mentioned a minute ago, you go in there with strength and, and power and anointing, you're not going to sound like me. And I don't do this. You see, I, I was at a secular conference this week um, with, with my work. And so I didn't go in there. I wasn't preaching the word to them. I was telling them about a lot at last in our human traffic, anti-human trafficking organization. So I was sharing that. But here's what would happen. Then afterward, people want to have conversations with me. And they, How did you get in the place that you are? And so then I can share. I, I listen to the Spirit. We're not going to get anything done in this world if we are not listening to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Sometimes, sometimes he'll just want you to pray for that person and you don't need to say anything about, you don't have to re-preach John's sermon that you heard on Sunday or any of that. And then there'll be other times that there'll be an unction and you are supposed to open the door. Can I pray with you about something? You see, those people will open that door. So you walk through open doors there. But with, with the fact that Jesus definitely said, greater things than this shall you do, here's one reason why. There was one Jesus, and he could be one place at a time. But then after the Holy Spirit descended on the day of Pentecost, then there was that Spirit of God in all of those people. And then after that, it 3,000 were saved in one day. And it began to multiply. There's an amazing work that's happening in the church across the globe. You and I want to be a part of that. In John 15, Jesus said, um, let's see, let's see, I've skipped a little portion here that I didn't know I was going to skip. But Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you abide in me and I, my word abides in you, ask what you will and it'll be done for you. If you abide in me and I, my words abide in you. If you abide in me, some translations will say, and my word abides in you. His word has to abide in us. If we're abiding in him, that's where the power of God is going to come out in our lives. Are you abiding in him? Are you spending time with him? Listen, that might mean it might look different for you than it does someone over across the room. Just let the Lord talk to you and ask him, where do I begin? If you're spending time in God's word and you're abiding in him, then the result of a filled life will be evidence with the operation, the gifts of the spirit operating in your life, which are, you know, there's, a, there's the gift of teaching. And so there might be times that you're teaching someone something that you heard. There's the gift of uh, healing. There's the gift of faith where all of a sudden you have a faith come up on the inside of you for someone's situation that you didn't even expect. It's a gift of faith operating in that situation. You might think, well, Gwen, which gift do I know that, that, that is for me specifically that God's placed in my life? It's the one that is needed at the time. It's the one needed at the time. You can operate in all of them, but it's the one that's needed at the time. And so God wants to use you and work through your life. He has given you authority to operate in your sphere, in your world. 
You see why we need to be healthy? We must take our healing and stand. Jesus, you paid for my healing. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Hang on to your healing because if you're not feeling well, you're not going to operate in the fullness of what he's called you to. It's just, it makes sense, doesn't it? You're going to then need to be focusing on your own healing. So operating and, and, and declaring God's healing in our life. There's other things that, you see, you need your bills paid. So if you need to get rid of some debt, then do that. You, you need your bills paid because when you're out in the community, what does it look to be operating the gifts of the Spirit? The Lord may say to you, go give them a $100 bill that is in your, that bill in your purse. Go give that to them. He may tell you to say something. Jesus loves you. He may not, he may say, just give it to them or sit down and have a conversation if they open the door. But if you cannot pay your own bills, you're not going to be open to that. So see, we've got to be well in these last days. We've got to have our bills paid. We've got to make sure that we understand God wants us to be operating on a level of wholeness. And, and here's the thing. You have control. What do you have control over? As we talk about keys to the kingdom, as we talk about authority, you have control over yourself, the actions and the decisions that you make. See, how can you be used of him in these greater things if your life day in, day out looks chaotic? Maybe you think, Gwen, I just have been racked with this overwhelming sense, and it may be all, all these feelings. I understand. I understand. Your feelings are valid. They're real. They're very real. But our feelings are often the result of negative thinking. Or they can be the result of great thinking. Isn't that good? We can renew our minds, and the world around us looks so dark, and we're all happy on the inside. That's that's when you've got something to give out. You've got answers. You've got an energy. There's something, there's an anointing on your life when that happens. And again, you're not going to walk in there like, like I'm talking to you today. This is a believer's uh, setting. And so that's why we're, there's a little bit more energy coming out. I don't talk like this day in, day out to my family members and all. They'd be, wait, girl. Whoa. But there are going to be times that the Lord opens the door for you. And you walk in there and it's not going to, you may not feel what you feel in church. But you just take the next step. You'll get a thought. What does it look like to be led by the Spirit in these situations? You, you'll get a thought and you take the next step and see what God does. And then you may, what if nothing happens? You walk out of there and you say, thank you, Lord. You are at work. You did your part. We don't have to see all the evidence of it, do we? Do we? We don't have to see the evidence of everything. That's another thing where, where oftentimes believers get off in the ditch. I prayed for them and they didn't get well. How do you know they didn't get well? I prayed for him and nothing happened. How do you know? The Holy Spirit will do his work. You just obey. You have authority. You have the keys to the kingdom. The things that he reveals to you, the, and it, it's not going to sound like a booming voice, like mine might be booming right now, but it'll be a, a thought that maybe you never would have had before. And you decide, how do I act on that? You can control your thoughts. Your actions are within your control. You know, oftentimes people say, I just, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was overcome with anger. And all of a sudden, here's one thing about, um, about those things, those negative emotions, and then often result in negative actions. When you yield to something, after a while, it gets so big that you really can't control it. So I'll qualify that. 
because you've just yielded to that thing, your own carnal nature, your flesh long enough, and it may feel like you can't close your mouth. But if you'll back up and you'll put on the new man, put on the new man, you may, you can come to the place, you may have been known across the family line for your red hot temper. You can come to the place when you put on Christ and when you say, I will not behave in that way. I will operate in the fruits of the Spirit, love, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That, that doesn't feel good, by the way, I'll tell you. You can get better and better at it, but we look at the Scripture oftentimes with these glazed-over uh, perspectives, and we think, oh, that could never be me because I don't feel self-control. Self-control is something that you choose. Patience is something that you choose. And that seed of patience, that seed of self-control can grow. And though you had a reputation for being the angriest person in the family, you can come to the place where you are seething angry and nobody even knows it. That's the power of God. You can come to the place that you feel such fear and no one in the place even knows it. Because you have a sense of self-control. I'm talking about operating in the authority that God has given you. First over yourself. You see, if we don't take ground in our own personal lives, then we're not going to have the faith and the confidence to step into what we're about to learn with the authority of the believer. What authority God has given to the body of Christ. Let's operate in that authority that he has given us. I have skipped so much today, but I want to go to Isaiah 55 in closing. I want you to take this with you today. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Says who? This is the Lord talking. So let's look on. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. Who's talking? God, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I, which I sent it. You have control over what you plant in your own life. Plant the word. Did you hear that? Just as the rain comes down, we know how that happens. It just comes down. It does not go back up as rain. Just as the snow comes down, the snow comes down and stays here. The, when you pray the word, when you declare his word over your life, it is that very same way. It comes down and it accomplishes the will of God. It accomplishes his will in our lives when we trust him. That's the authority. That's one of the major keys that you have as a believer is to declare his word to bring change in your situation. It will bring change. I encourage you to declare his word in the coming week, whatever you're dealing with right now. And you know, you, as, a, as the body of Christ, you're aware of things that are happening, maybe even within this church where God's working on situations. He's working, he's working, he's doing some things. Pray and intercede. When overwhelming thoughts come to you 
based on some of the bad news you heard in the media, what's happening in the world around us. What's your, what's your goal? What's my goal? To bring change. Declare his word. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord over this situation. Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. I pray that they would have courage and strength, that they would stand in the day of evil. And you pray over those things, and you're making a difference. You might think, well, I don't feel any different. All the more reason to just keep on going. doesn't matter how you feel. You declare his word. His word comes like a seed. His word comes down like rain and snow, and it does not return to him void. It accomplishes his will in our lives. I'd love to pray over you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for this group of people that just gathered today, ready to hear your word, ready, ready to gain new strength in you. And I pray, Father, a blessing over them. I pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would make your face shine on them, that you would give them peace. Father, I just thank you for this church family. And I pray, Lord, that as this year begins to wind up in the months ahead, that you would just so empower us, that you would so work in and through us, that this church would make a lasting mark in this community in 2021 like never before. I'm asking you, Lord, to use us individually, personally. For those that are, are saying to you today, Lord, I, I'm up. Lord, use my life for your glory. I want to know how to operate in your authority and what you've called me to. I'll step up and say yes. For those that are saying that today, Lord, I just pray a release of power in their lives. I pray, Father, for a confidence, a God confidence, maybe that they've never walked in before. Father, I pray for those today that are just looking for a, an answer, maybe in a problem situation that they're in. I thank you, Lord, that you're your word is filled with answers, and I believe that you've given unction by your Holy Spirit today. Now help us, Lord, to walk those things out that you've spoken to us about. We're grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, God. What are you doing with your key? You know, if you are part of the Miller family, you have a key to get into the house. You might come over to my house and go, I, I couldn't get in because I don't have a key. I'm sorry. You don't have a key. But we're a part of the family of God, and it's important to realize that even if, if think about it this way. If you've been locked out, it's not God's will for your life. He wants to give you the key to have authority over what God has given you takes knowledge. We're going to get into that in the weeks to come. Uh, I want to remind you that uh, before we do get any more into the authority of the believer, I, I believe that it's important for us to do something first, and that is to be a blessing. Uh, we own a coffee shop, and some of you know it by the name Axiom. Some of you don't even know what Axiom means, but it is a self-evident truth that needs no proof. Our Axiom is there is a God, and you're not Him. Okay, so we know that. But at the same time, what we promote at our coffee shop is the axiom, self-evident truth that needs no proof, is this, that we're blessed in order to be a blessing. So this is what I want you to do, is next week, 
first Sunday of September, September 5th, we're going to have a service and we're going to support our missionary, which is Alex and Nettie, to Cambodia. And they have been such a blessing to our church. And as COVID lifts and the restrictions and they return, we want them to be ready and resourced to give to the people of Cambodia what they have been given here at the church as well as the Word of God. So what we're going to do is we're going to hear Alex and Nettie present the gospel next week. Then the week after that, I will get up and continue the series. Next Sunday, as Alex speaks and then the service ends, all those that are of a mature status, what I mean by that is a, a gray-haired kind of like, like myself and a little bit older, you're invited to go to uh, out to eat with us to Posadas. This is not a youth group event. This is not a singles event. This is not just a ladies' event. This is a seniors' event. And uh, I don't know about you, but Christmas gets earlier every year. And, and the age of being a senior gets earlier every, you know. So if you feel like that, please come and fellowship with us at Posadas after uh, church. There's a lot of spouses that say, I, I'm not even 50, but my husband is. You're invited. Come on. Support your husband and come uh, come to the lunch with him or her. And uh, let's just leave the age right there. Okay. That's next Sunday. Then remember, there's something special going on tonight, and that is a night of worship. We're going to come together at 6.30. Everybody said 6.30. Say it again. 6.30. 6.30 tonight. Uh, we're going to come together for the night of worship. It's one hour. We'll have a hard stop, maybe. The Holy Spirit leads us. We won't want to go home. But at the same time, the plan is to just come and confess out of our mouth. And sometimes we call that singing of the goodness of God. And watch what it happens in your life. As we're in this series, it is important for you to have proximity to people that are going in the same direction you are. Some of you didn't get her, get that, but that, that'll preach, let me tell you. So that's why we come to church. So that's tonight at 6.30, and uh, I encourage you to be here. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you again, Gwen. Man, let me tell you, these ladies have, have they brought it, let me tell you. Both of them told me, John, I, I don't know if I can do it in one week. I said, well, give it your best try. They were ready to go, and we'll hear from them again. Let's pray. Father, today I pray blessings on my family. And God, as we leave this place, help us to remember that we never leave you, that we don't worship you just on Sundays and just at this location. But God, we take you with us, your spirit with us all through the week, and we are world changers because of it. In your name, I pray that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.